how much unspent COVID money is left. A stat report discovered, it depends who you ask. The Watchdog Government Accountability Office estimates that there is nearly $21 billion remaining from the multiple rounds of COVID aid that Congress pumped out over the last few years. But as Congress looks to claw back the unspent dollars, the White House says there's only $4.5 billion left. The gap between those two numbers is more than twice the annual budget of the FDA. This is Pulse Check. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. A federal judge in Texas ruled Thursday morning to block enforcement of a major piece of the Affordable Care Act that requires insurance cover services like cancer screenings, mental health evaluations, and HIV prevention drugs at no cost to patients. The ruling applies nationwide, and the Biden administration is expected to swiftly appeal. But if the decision is upheld, it could threaten free preventive care for more than 168 million people on employer plans and in the individual market. Officials confirmed exclusively to Politico that the Biden administration has approved New Jersey's plan to provide housing and nutrition benefits to some of its Medicaid recipients. It's the first major step the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has taken in the effort it kicked off in January to fundamentally rethink what can be covered, and other states are likely to follow. And in conservative states, Republicans are pushing for some surprising legislative proposals related to maternal and reproductive health. Megan Messerly is here to explain. Yeah, thanks for having me. What kinds of policies are they backing that we were not seeing support for on the right before? Yeah, it's really interesting. So in states across the country, we've seen a renewed push for Medicaid postpartum extension. So that's extending benefits from, you know, the usual 60 days postpartum to a full month. This is something states have been doing for a while. And there have been some Republican states, a number of them actually, that have approved postpartum extension. But there were a handful of these really conservative holdout states, especially some states that have not expanded Medicaid. Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act that were really resisting this policy. So we saw in Wyoming and in Mississippi, we saw lawmakers push these proposals through and the governors sign them into law. And this was really interesting in Mississippi because last year during the legislative session, there was this argument about extending postpartum benefits, but those arguments kept butting up against this just fierce conservative opposition to any expansion of any Medicaid benefits, even though this is just like an extension, these people who are receiving benefits would just receive them for longer. But we saw a real change of course this session after Governor Tate Reeves announced his support for that policy. Legislature passed it. He signed it into law. Similar situation in Wyoming, where the legislature was really resistant to this policy. Actually, the proposal almost died a couple of times during session, but Governor Gordon signed that proposal into law. He emphasized this as part of his, you know, quote, pro-life agenda. So we've really seen governors use abortion and the strict abortion bans they've passed as sort of like a justification for passing some of these policies. Other proposals we've seen are expansion of access to birth control. So again, some conservative states have passed this policy in the past, but now we're seeing this specifically be pitched as part of this, quote, pro-life agenda. So in Iowa, Governor Kim Reynolds has been pushing for this since 2019. Um, there's real momentum behind it this session. It passed the Senate recently, and now it's in the House. It actually, there was some concern about it because it was part of the governor's maternal health omnibus bill. It got amended out and then it got amended back into a different bill um, on the Senate floor. So that's working its way 
way through the process. And there are bills in Indiana and Oklahoma as well to do the same thing. And so, you know, Republican lawmakers are saying, you know, if we're going to ban abortion, you know, we need to also be taking steps to prevent unplanned pregnancies in the first place. So these are um, legislation that would allow pharmacists to dispense birth control, hormonal contraception without a prescription. And then the last proposal, sort of bucket of proposals we're seeing is some comprehensive sex ed bills. You don't normally think about Republicans necessarily bringing forward comprehensive, you know, medically accurate sex ed, especially to, you know, kids in like grades five and grade grade six. But we saw a couple bills come forward this session. They, you know, have not advanced But Republicans are are pitching these bills to their colleagues saying, you know, again, if we're going to ban abortion, we need there to be comprehensive sex ed and it can't be just this abstinence-based education. Uh, Both of these states where these bills were brought forward, Indiana and South Carolina, do have an abstinence-focused curriculum. And the lawmakers there are saying that's not sufficient in the post-Roe era. This is fascinating. So I, uh, it was really interesting to see in your story that um, there is a mixed reaction to Republicans proposing these things. You know, on the one hand, progressives are saying, you know, welcome to the party. We've been calling for these things for a long time. We're glad you're finally on board. We gl- we're glad, you know, some of this stuff might actually happen. Um, but on the other hand, they're they're upset because they don't think it adequately cancels out the harms they feel are caused by the abortion bans themselves, right? Exactly. Yeah. So talking to maternal health advocates, there's really the sense of like, of course, we welcome more people coming into the fold. You know, this is good movement. Like, of course, we want more access to uh, birth control. Um, We want postpartum extension. These are, you know, good policies we support. And so they're happy to see conservative states passing these policies and Republican lawmakers pushing for them. But like you mentioned, there's the sense of like, okay, as maternal health advocates, Broadly, those advocates are supportive of access to abortion. And so they have found it really hard to sort of separate those two issues. You know, they're saying like, yes, on one hand, we're happy with these proposals passing, but it's sort of happening like at the expense of access to abortion. And so I think they have been sort of struggling to hold both of those things in the same hand, you know, at one time. The other point is that, you know, Democratic lawmakers are looking at these policies and saying like, hey, we've been pushing for these for years. So again, like, Yes, they're happy to see them moving forward, but there's a sense of like, okay, this is something we've been doing for a long time. Like, why are you only doing it now? In the sense that like Republicans are now trying to take credit for things that Democrats have long pushed for. Is your sense that the Democrats are are still going to vote for these things because they believe in them on, you know, uh, on the merits? Yeah, we've seen um, bipartisan support for these policies. You know, I, I think where it gets trickier is if you have these policies folded into other bills where Democrats, you know, may not support them. Um, but for instance, in Iowa, the birth control proposal was in this EpiPen bill, you know, so it was like pretty not controversial um, in general. And so we saw, you know, bipartisan support for that bill there. They're not going to necessarily, you know, try to kill these bills because they're proposals they support. But I think there's just a sense of consternation of like, okay, you're, you know, finally coming around and pushing some of these policies that we've been saying you should push for for a long time. What I will say is, you know, talking to some of these Republican lawmakers, especially female Republican lawmakers, you know, they they said that they've supported these policies for a long time, but that, you know, the Dobbs decision really created this opening to have more conversations with their colleagues. 
especially with their, you know, male colleagues who maybe just haven't thought a lot about contraception or like didn't really understand the need for it. And so they say it sort of created this window. So that's, that's their pushback to like why this is only happening now is that even though there might have been, you know, some support for this, there just wasn't, Republicans weren't putting this at the top of the, their agenda. And is there any pushback on the right? I mean, I know there are definitely anti-abortion groups who also oppose some forms of birth control, you know, who are, you know, for religious reasons, oppose some forms of sex ed. So are, are there divisions? Definitely. Yeah. Um, these bills, you know, even though they have received a lot of support, they're not unanimous. The birth control bill in Iowa, I mentioned there were, you know, Republicans who voted against that. So yes, there certainly are divisions. But I think what we're seeing so far is that sort of there's a critical mass now of Republicans supporting these issues um, in Wyoming with the postpartum Medicaid extension vote. Like those votes were very close in the House and Senate. So this is, you know, by far from a unanimous issue. But I think we're seeing just, you know, more Republicans than not now are coming on board with these types of policies. Well, thank you for reporting on this and telling us all about it. Of course. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Brickmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese and Afra Abdullah are our producers. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>